Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be having a conversation with Matt Upchurch of the uh, Kentucky 15 podcast. Going to be talking to him about a variety of Kentucky uh, topics. We hadn't talked to him before, so I wanted to get his thoughts on Coach John Calipari, and I wanted to also get his thoughts on Ty Ty Washington entering the uh, the NBA draft, and then finally wanted to talk to him about Severe Wheeler. A lot of you guys have been giving your opinion on Severe Wheeler and whether or not he's a national championship caliber point guard and whether or not he'd be able to get to the Wild, the Wildcats to uh, the championship game. So we're going to talk to him about that really, really good conversation with Matt Upchurch. So let's go ahead and kick it to that interview. We are now excited to be joined by a very special guest, guest Matt Upchurch. Matt, before we kind of get into... The, the weeds a little bit. Just kind of tell everybody what you're about and what you've done before in the the, uh, the Kentucky sphere. Okay, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me, Lance. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. I have been a high school basketball coach for 12 years. Um, as far as Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football goes, um, I've written for ASEA Blue, currently do some writing for them. I've written for Wildcat Blue Nation, uh, briefly for Cats Coverage. Um, and then kind of lastly, I, I host a, a podcast called the Kentucky 15. Each episode is just 15 minutes or less and uh, quick, easy listens. Absolutely. Well, Matt, let's go ahead and get into it. The first topic of conversation today, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the John Calipari situation uh, with Kentucky. Obviously, after the St. Peter's loss, some fans were uh, really discouraged by by just the state of the program and not yep. being able to actually make a make a run in the NCAA tournament after having the National Player of the Year and him winning like a million accolades. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on just where do you stand on Calipari as a coach? There are a lot of people on message boards that seem to be really upset, and a lot of people are calling for his for his job. I just I I don't know if I, I'm I'm willing to commit to that yet. But what are your thoughts on him? Well, I'll say it, I'll be clear. I'm not calling for his job and also be clear. I'm not a sunshine pumper, right? I'm not going to be pro Cal no matter what. Um, so probably somewhere there in the middle, but at, I mean, I, I think it's, if you try to step away from, from just that, that last game of the year um, and obviously missing the tournament the year before that, you know, I, I know everybody wants to rush into the, what have you done for me lately argument and, and that's exactly why you've got a lot of, you know, mad fans, upset fans. But I, I want to say, I actually kind of went back and read about this, but I want to say each year before Jay Wright won at Villanova, won the national title, he was an early bounce the year before, uh, you know, first round or second round was bounced. Um, I think he missed the tournament his first three years, right? So if you were, if Villanova was going to rush into that, you know, uh, by the same standards as Kentucky, you know, Jay Wright doesn't win two titles there. Um, so I, you know, I, I get it, what, 12 years now, um, only one title, but, you know, you add in the, the final fours, add in the lead eights. I think he, I think he should be criticized for this season and be criticized for last season. 
Um, you know, I, I think you can get into the whole, why didn't you call a timeout down the stretch? And why didn't you have, you know, some kind of two, three zone, you know, execution ready to go. I, I really do think he, he deserves criticism for that. But as far as showing him the door or, or even, um, even making him feel, this is kind of what I'm worried about, but you know, if, if the Lakers are going to come calling, you know, even making him feel unwanted, uh, I think he was pretty close and Lance, you might know better than me, but I think he was pretty close in 2014 to taking that Cleveland Cavaliers job. And if both Harrisons don't return, um, I think he was leaving. I think he was going to go to Cleveland. So, no, I, I want him as my coach, but I also agree with criticism that that comes his way. And that's kind of the perspective that I've had on the show is I, I've done two or three podcasts now just talking about Coach Cal. And we had an episode just talking about managing expectations. And that's my position is that I think you can criticize the X's and O's, right? I think you can criticize some of the decision making, not calling a timeout late against St. Peter's, right? Not switching to zone at any point. And Cal's argument being, well, it better prepares kids for the NBA. And some fans would push back and say, well, this isn't the NBA. This is college. We're trying right. to win here, right? So. Uh, but also we talked about before on the show, it's like part of the sales pitch to come get to to uh, get recruits to come play here is that, oh, look, we can get you in the NBA pretty consistently. But also I understand it's like we're trying to win at Kentucky. We're not sure. trying to win in the NBA. So let's try and work some two, three zone in there as well. I can get behind those criticisms. I just exactly like you said all the final fours, all the different accolades, all the different things that he's accomplished. You also noted that Jay Wright uh, was not the most consistent in the NCAA tournament until he's won uh, his two titles in, in just a stretch of a couple of years. So I, I agree with you. And I've also said on the show, and this is kind of, this is not like a thing that I came up with. It's just kind of like thinking about, okay, let's say he gets let go, or let's say he takes a job somewhere else. He goes to the Lakers here. He goes to the Cavs in 2014. Like right now, I just don't think there's a coach in college basketball that I would feel comfortable hiring that could elevate the program past to the point that Cal has gotten it. And I, I've said on the show, there are two coaches that I would be excited about, Jay Wright or Bill Self. And those guys are pretty much staying at their schools. And so I just don't see a coach on the market right now that could potentially get the program to where fans want it to be. But I also understand some fans saying we're willing to take that risk. I understand the frustration. Look, we're in a wake of losing uh, in one of the most shocking upsets in NCAA tournament history. I mean, I understand the frustration from some fans. It's just some of it I can't get behind. And I said, I believe it was not on yesterday's show. It was on Monday's show that I said, I think if you give him a couple more years, we're going to get to see how he recruits in this NIL era. And we're also going to get to see if he stays through the move of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, which I think is going to change the landscape a little bit. I think we'll get some answers as to whether or not long-term Cal can revive the program and bring it back uh, past this uh, three-year lull. I've got optimism that he's going to do that. But like you said, I'm we're going, I'm going to be critical where I think it's fair to be critical, but overall, I mean, I'm still looking forward to next season with him, him as the coach. And you bring up a really good point. And I, you, you mentioned uh, like reps rafters and, and some message board stuff, you know, those of th those posters out there and that section of the fan base, that's really upset. Yeah. It's one thing to say he needs to go. He's worn out his welcome, but it's another thing to sit there and say, okay, well, who for sure is going to take his place? Uh, Cause I, I think there for a bit, you know, uh, there was some some of BBN, you know, kind of wanted, all right, Kenny Payne went to the NBA. He's getting some other experience. Maybe he'll be the one to replace Cal. Well, Kenny Payne's back at his alma mater now at Louisville, and I don't think he's going to leave Louisville to come to Kentucky. 
So there's there's one big name off off the checklist. You know, you mentioned Bill Self, and I think Bill Self is a terrific basketball coach. I know he's got he's got his naysayers as well, but terrific. And you know, he he'll go to a triangle and two defense without hesitation. You know, he wants to win games. But I don't know, Lance. I mean, him him now winning a second title at Kansas. I don't know if he leaves there either. Yeah, I, I think that Self is locked in. Uh, at Kansas. And I'll, I'll say this. I mean, we've also talked about this before, just making the point that while the the exit was surprising and sure, if you make your free throws, you move on. Like there were a lot of other teams that were favored to win the title that didn't really make it very far. I mean, Gonzaga uh, couldn't beat Arkansas, Arizona, barely got past TCU and then lost to Houston. I mean, there were several teams that were favored to make a legitimate run that just couldn't. And that's just the nature of the tournament. That's the nature of the beast is that some teams get upset. That's why they call it March Madness. That's why they call uh, these different runs that different teams have Cinderella runs. St. Peter's wasn't a slouch. They went on to beat a couple more teams and make it to the Elite Eight. I mean, it's just sometimes it happens. But also I'll say Kentucky beat the two teams in the national title game by a significant margin. And to do what Kentucky did to Kansas on the road in the fog, I mean, still is impressive to me. Obviously, you don't like the result of the season, but it's – Look, looking at back on the loss now, while it still stinks, I'm a little bit more okay with it because I just understand, like, man, it's so difficult to win in the tournament. At the same time, though, I understand the frustration with fans. It's like, well, we haven't been back to the Final Four since, like, 2015. They've We've got to be able to make a run here at some point in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, you, you brought a good point. I mean, he what, St. Peter's went and beat Purdue, who was ranked number one for quite a bit in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe a topic for, for a different episode, Lance, but... I think, and you brought it up with, you know, we we slapped Kansas on their home floor, and then we beat on a neutral floor uh, North Carolina by what twenty two points. So I, I think I think a, a bigger conversation is probably not just the loss to St. Peter's. That's embarrassing. That's why so so much a uh, uh, you know the fan base is upset. But I think it's more what happened since the Kansas game and the North Carolina game to the Kentucky program that didn't happen to the Kansas program and didn't happen to the North Carolina, North Carolina program. So I don't know that something happened within, uh, within the Joe craft center, the bat, the Kentucky basketball team that we peaked right there at Kansas and North Carolina instead of the tournament. And I think that's, that's a conversation that, that more of if you're worried about Cal, that's more important than, than I think the St. Peter's game. That's definitely something that we could dive into on a, on another episode because we can talk about guard play. We can talk about decision-making. There's a lot of different things that we could dive into uh, later on down the line. So I've given my thoughts on Cal. You've given your thoughts on Cal. What what should be the expectation, do you think, for Kentucky basketball in 2022 or at least the 22-23 season? I don't think it changes, right? I, I think you have your sights set on, on the Final Four. And, well... What's tough at, with expectations at Kentucky is how much of a revolving door we have with our players. Um, so if you look at, and I, I can't remember who came out with that uh, way too early top 25, right? But uh, if Oscar comes back and if Shaden comes back and you bring in Case and you bring in Livingston, I mean, that's a, that's a Final Four team. That's, that's a team deserving to be ranked, you know, really high. Um, but, you know, that's two really, really big question marks in Oscar and, and Shaden Sharp. Um, but I, I mean, coach Cal's got a great staff. I mean, he's, he's the man, he's, he's the face, he's got the big reputation. He has the NBA connections, uh, but he has really good staff too, uh, full of good recruiters. So should Oscar leave, should Shaden Sharp leave, 
I mean, that's a big transfer portal out there, right? Hundreds of names. And so I've got a lot of confidence that you're right back into the final four conversation for 2022, 2023. And, and man, if, if Sharp or Shibwe come back, I mean, some fans have complained about it. It's like, well, you're trying to do some patchwork with all these transfers. You're not getting all these really talented recruits. You look at up and down that starting five. I mean, that's a lot of five stars there and then a national player of the year potentially coming back. So it would really excite me, and I agree with you. I think that should be ex the expectation is to continue to elevate after that 9-16 and 16 season uh, just a couple of years ago. Yeah. All right, before we continue our conversation with Matt Upchurch, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens uh, is very, very good for you. It also tastes great. Instead of uh, taking pills, it's actually a supplement that – you would personally enjoy eating. I take it every single every single day for my gut health. It's really, really good for my digestion. It also gives me energy. It's very, very easy to eat. Uh, it's also uh, pretty cheap. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's, it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus. It, it, it covers everything. Keeps you healthy. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I want to move to another topic here. Ty Ty Washington declaring for the NBA draft, announced it on social media that he would be leaving uh, the program. We saw just a couple of weeks ago, I believe, something similar was put out, but then his dad said, no, he's not leaving the program, even though everybody expected him to. I've talked on this podcast as if he was leaving. Uh, some people that have listened have not taken too kindly to that, but the final, final verdict here is he's going to be leaving for the NBA draft. Ty Ty was statistically performing really really well before his injury against Auburn right. and after that it was just kind of a steady decline and he couldn't stay healthy uh and I understand Cal's willingness to play him I understand Ty Ty was technically able to play it's just he was not his normal self after that point if you're and I know neither of us are but if you're an NBA scout or if you're an NBA team how would you approach Ty Ty Washington and where do you think he's going to end up going uh, I mean, that's a good question. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of Kentucky fans can tell you all season long, right? They, they hear Coach Cal talk about it, but all season long, there's NBA scouts in their practices, mm -hmm. right? So they're not just waiting for the games, but they're actually in there in the practices. Um, and, and they're probably learning a lot more than they just learn at that combine, which I think is just a recruiting tool, right? When SEC Network tele televises that practice. Um, I if you believe in the college season, then I'll say he he drops outside of the lottery. Um, you know, he's probably dancing around maybe that 15 number, um, 15 to 20. Uh, but again, you know, there's there's a lot of team workouts that are going to happen. There's an NBA combine. Uh, should he choose to do the five on five and stuff like that? You know, there there's a lot to learn out there. Um, Ty Ty, I mean, he's, he reclass. I mean, he's a young kid. Right. And I think you can look at, at players like Devin Booker who have done far more in the NBA than they did at Kentucky. And I know quickly had a great sophomore season, but what quickly is doing in, in the NBA right now, nobody saw that his freshman year, right? So um, you can't just measure players based on what they did in Lexington, um, what they did under coach Cal. Cause uh, 
you know, the NBA is just a different beast, right? So I, I think he's going to do well in the NBA. I do. I, I think there's a lot of people out there who are probably saying he's leaving too early. You know, he needs to get stronger. He, he needs to prove himself at the college level. Okay, I get it. But starting this summer or starting, I guess, pretty much now, um, he's going to get have a lot more time to work out. He's going to have a lot more time with a personal trainer, with a weight room, uh, you know, working with NBA scouts. So then he gets drafted. Then what's he doing? from nine to five, right? He's committed himself. You know, there's no going to class or anything. And that's why you see such a, such a leap, such a jump in improvement. Um, so I, I don't know if you saw anything from this season that's going to get him into the lottery. I don't know what, what scouts, you know, what they saw in practices and, and what they're going to see moving forward. But I, I still think he's a, he's a solid for sure. Guaranteed first rounder. So I think he goes good. on tie tie. I agree. I think he is going to end up being a first round guy and something that was really impressive before he got injured to me was his shooting, not just off the dribble or in catch and shoot situations, but also early on in the non-conference slate, something that I was noting here on the podcast is like he was really good at creating an isolation. He was really good in one on one matchups. And I really do hope once he gets healthy and like you said, he's able to work out this offseason, he's able to focus and really commit to his game and getting healthy again. I think we're going to see him in the NBA develop and hone in on that shooting and, and scoring ability. And so I think that it was a good move by Ty Ty, I believe, to leave. And, and like yeah. you said, some people wanted him to come back and maybe develop. Uh, and to your point, I mean, he's probably going to get drafted in the first round and he's going to be able to, to develop underneath an NBA program. And so I think there's definitely upside there uh, looking at Ty Ty potentially growing as a player underneath an NBA team. But I would, if I had the choice, I would have wanted him to come back because I really liked what he did as a distributor as well. Obviously broke John Wall's assist record against Georgia had 17 assists, which is just still insane to think about. Um, but, but good on Ty Ty. Like you said, I really do hope that he's able to get drafted somewhere between 15, 18, 20, somewhere around there. And he's able to make a legitimate run in the NBA. It, and also, I, I think the interesting part with Ty Ty is how much of the fan base maybe got their hopes up, not because he didn't prove himself, but homeboy had what the Porsche NIL deal and he's making millions. Uh, you know, he had multiple, I think what they had, the crypto NIL deal. And so I, I think a lot of the fan base thought maybe some of these guys will come back because they're, they're quite literally making millions of dollars playing for Kentucky legally. Right. Um, but that still shows you there, there's even more millions in the NBA. And, and when you, when you get a chance to bounce, you go. Yep, absolutely. And and again, I, I think he is going to pan out. I mean, if he gets healthy, I think he's one of those guys that can definitely develop into a legitimate score because he had a really good three-point shot before he uh, he got injured and he was hampered down the stretch. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Ty Ty does. Best of luck to him. Uh, and I hope that he's able to uh, go and show out. I've got one more thing I want to talk about here all right, before we wrap up our conversation with Matt Upchurch, I want to tell you guys about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship Odds podcast interviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that's bet online where the game starts matt before we let you head out severe right. wheeler has been 
a topic that I've seen a lot of different people on social media on my message boards discuss just whether or not he's going to be able to get it done potentially in a run a postseason run in the future for the Wildcats I wanted to get your thoughts first off just severe Wheeler as a player what did you see from him development wise this past season at Kentucky I'll be honest not much um I would welcome severe back don't get me wrong uh but man I I'll, I'll be honest I just don't know if if you're talking about a point guard at 31 to 35 minutes per game that's that's going to lead your team to the title I don't think it's severe now, if you're talking about him playing 18 minutes a game, 15 to 18, and when he's in there, he's guarding the ball full court and he's pushing the ball, you know, with with full pace and transition, you know, I think there's a spot for him. I don't think Severe wants that spot. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he wants those 30 to 35 minutes per game. Uh, but if you look at those those guards, you know, especially in the national championship game, uh, R.J. Davis and, and Caleb Love, um, you know, those two especially, uh, He's just not cut from that same mold, right? And I know Kansas won the title, but R.J. Davis and, and Caleb Love, down the stretch, they really carried that team. Uh, you know, even Colin Gillespie, right, with Villanova, carrying his team to the Final Four. I mean, he he's a sniper. He's an elite three-point shooter. I just think it's a really tough era right now uh, to, to have a point guard who does not shoot well from the perimeter. Um, and then you talk about, you know, teams who are able to, to shoot over him, whether it's three point shots on on closeouts or whether it's, you know, pull up jumpers. You know, it, it, he's he's a little bit of a mismatch that I don't think yeah, it can have you a good season and can get you ranked into the top 10, top five. But as far as making that deep run into the tournament, um, I think he's someone who who gets exposed in the long run. So I think Severe wants to come back. It, it sure looks like him and Cal weren't always on the same page. Um, and that St. Peter's game, I think, was probably pretty rough down the stretch on Severe. And and, and I, I assume him in the locker room after the game was was kind of a bad sight to see. Um, but I, I think he wants to come back. All indication is he's making some good money here at Kentucky. Um, and, and, you know, he was responsible. Uh, one of the, the reasons being responsible for such a good season. But if Cal is trying to draft a championship roster, I don't see him as a starting point guard. And that's and I think it's really fair to criticize, obviously, like you said, his perimeter shooting and then also his size. I think that it's kind of something that a lot of different media like to throw out there during tournament time is like good guard play will get you a national title. And you're exactly right. Guys like Caleb Love, guys like RJ Davis, they stepped up. And this is something I believe I also said on Monday's podcast is Kentucky at the point guard spot. If they were to go out into the transfer portal. They need a bucket getter. They need somebody with a little bit of height that can shoot from three, can also get to the rim, and they can distribute a little bit, but they need somebody that is confident, that has that confidence. A, a guy like John Wall, and I'm not asking for John Wall, right? I'm not asking for Kyrie Irving or, or whatever NBA point guard you want to put there. I'm just asking for somebody that can shoot the three ball a little bit, letter, a little bit better. I love Wheeler's ability to distribute the basketball. Don't get me wrong, but need somebody that can play defense against somebody that's a little bit bigger than they are and I need somebody that again like I said can shoot the three so I, I think that Wheeler is he's a good college point guard I really do think he's a good college point guard but there are downsides to severe Wheeler's game and like you said if Kentucky is going to make going to take aim at a national title whether it be this season or next season I just I don't know if Severe Wheeler would be the guy running the point. And I genuinely I don't think that 
I don't think that Kentucky is going to go out in the portal seeking a replacement for him this season or somebody that could take away from some of his minutes. We'll have to see. Uh, I may be completely wrong on that. Um, but I do I do want to see Kentucky get somebody, whether it be through recruiting or through the transfer portal. Uh, and, it, and man, if Shaden comes back, I mean, he could sure. probably run some minutes at point as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, w- I was uh, I was kind of thinking about this. You know, you had Kellen Grady go cold down the stretch, right? And just unfortunate for Kentucky. Kellen Grady goes cold. Uh, Ty Ty goes cold, right? And, and maybe he's playing through a little bit of an injury. Um, I know there's a lot of chatter out there about, you know, his mom being at that that last game with St. Peter's. Uh, but it, so if you have Ty Ty who's cold out there, and you have Kellen who's cold out there, and then you have a point guard who doesn't shoot it well from three, that St. Peter's zone is pretty effective. You know what I mean? It's a lot harder to get the ball inside to, to Oscar when your your point guard and your wings can't hit threes. So I think, you know, Coach Cal, I, I think he's got to get, I know that beating a dead horse here, but I think he's got to get more shooters. Um, or, you know what, if Severe's the man, I still think you got to bring in another point guard just for practice, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if Shaden returns, I think you got Shaden versus Kaysen Wallace in practice every day, and that's dog v dog, right? Uh, but if but I think you got to bring somebody else in there with I don't think Frederick, right? CJ Frederick, I don't think he's the man that that goes up against Wheeler every day in practice. So I would I would look for Cal to grab somebody in the portal. Um, I don't have any inside track on on who that is. There's some names out there that certainly make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I I, I think uh, you keep him if if Severe wants to be here. But I think you also bring somebody in to to challenge him for those minutes. And you're talking about, you know, CJ Frederick and and just me. I'm just sitting here thinking about last season. We've discussed this before on the show, just the what if for this past season, right? You mentioned Kellen Grady went cold. Ty Ty Washington had an injury. If Shaden Sharp was eligible and played, and then CJ Frederick did not have a season ending injury before the season even started. I mean, there's two shooters right there, right? And if Ty Ty doesn't get hurt, I mean, obviously you have to deal with the consequences of what actually happened. And we have to address that because that's reality. But I think Kentucky was set up with their guards to make a legitimate run, because if your point guard's not going to shoot well, you got to have wings that can spray it. And I think they had guys set up in positions to do that. It's just some unfortunate things happened and the season ended short. No, Lance, you're right. I, I think as far as uh, a roster development, I think Cal did a great job here. Uh, you didn't see C.J. Frederick being out all year, right? You didn't see Kellen go from one of the top three-point shooting seasons in Kentucky history to all of a sudden the last two weeks of the year he couldn't make anything, right? And then the tie-tie injury. No, I, I thought Coach Cal and the staff did a really, really good job putting this this roster together. Um, and I think it was a championship-level roster, but you got to make shots. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Matt, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Again, tell everybody where they can find your podcast. You do phenomenal work with the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's just the Kentucky 15. So that's just the number 15. Um, and it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Um, you know, anywhere you find your podcast, the Kentucky 15 is there. And again, it's it's just Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football. Each episode is 15 minutes or less. And I will make sure to link that in the description below, both on YouTube and on podcast you for watching make sure you go subscribe to matt give him a follow give him a listen he's really really good at what he does matt again thank you so much for coming on lance appreciate it man all right guys thank you so much for listening to our conversation with matt upchurch of the kentucky 15 again if you want to listen to his podcast and i would highly encourage you to do so you can check him out at the link in the description whether you're watching on youtube or listening on podcast give him a follow on social media i'll link his twitter uh in the episode bio 
as well. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow our show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw underscore. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.